Welcome to episode four of Early Stoppage. This is your host, Derek Moody, and on today's episode, I got to speak to current LFA featherweight and lightweight contender, Damon Elise Jackson. And we got to speak about his time within the different promotions, some wrongdoings that he encountered at one of the particular promotions, and what it takes to get back into the UFC. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Joining me now is current LFA featherweight and lightweight contender, Damon Elise Jackson. Welcome to Early Stoppage. What's going on, man? Appreciate having me on. Exactly one week from your uh, second round submission win over Jeremy Spoon. How are you feeling? I feel really good. I'm ready to get another one. I had a few uh, people have been calling me out, so it's pretty funny. Uh, I don't really have that a lot, so um, we'll have to see if those matchups make sense. And uh, I might have a new opponent. Now, I'd like to start the show off by getting to know the person behind the fighter. So we'll kick this off with some random questions and work our way back into MMA. Do you have a favorite movie? Uh, Step Brothers. Uh, what's the last movie you watched? Oh, man. Um, uh, Quiet Place. Do you have a favorite meal? Um, breakfast. So basically like oatmeal and... Uh, oatmeal and coffee in the morning or eggs and coffee. Uh, name something you can't live without. Man. I would say, well, I don't want to say my phone, but that's pretty uh, pretty crucial. But uh, fishing. Uh, what's your favorite city? Favorite city? Definitely Dallas. Do you have a favorite sport aside from MMA? Oh, man, football, definitely. I love watching football. What team do you like? Uh, I'm Cowboys, and I grew up in around the Dallas area, so uh, pretty much been a Cowboys fan my whole life. Now, if you weren't a mixed martial artist, what would you be? Uh, baseball player, for sure. All right. Now, did you grow up studying um, a certain type of martial arts? Uh, no, just wrestling. In, uh, in seventh grade, and that's really the only experience I had with martial arts. Um, you know, I, I did Taekwondo for like, I think like two or three weeks, and then um, I got in trouble for hitting someone in the face, like in the middle of sparring, and then I just, I was pretty confused on the whole thing, so um, I would say that was like the, really like the two weeks of Taekwondo and then wrestling, that was it. Okay. Did you wrestle? Um, you wrestled throughout high school and college. What was memorable about your wrestling career? Um, uh, a runner-up, just kind of annoying. Um, and then uh, I was an all-American wrestler in college, and um, you know, it it was it was a really good time. You know, it taught me a lot. You know, how to just really prep me for the just the work that you got to do with mixed martial arts. Uh, you know, with MMA. Uh, putting the work in it makes it a lot easier to to work it, you know the workouts that I do now for MMA are kind of a joke compared to what I've done with wrestling so uh, I would say that it's really prepared me in a lot of ways just to work hard you know uh, when it comes for my fight camps and just training period. What was the first MMA fight you ever saw? Um, you know I don't remember the guy's name it was Hoyt Gracie versus someone and my uncle um, he was like a like a real big fan of uh, the UFC when it first came out, and my parents weren't wouldn't even know. I was I was pretty young. I don't know how old I was, but 
my parents wouldn't even allow me to uh, to really watch MMA. And, um, you know, they, they just thought it was, like, the craziest thing. And, you know, my parents aren't even, like, super strict. Like, yeah, you know, they're not, like um, – yeah, it, it's just, you know, I didn't have a lot of, like, you know, crazy roles like that or anything. But my parents just thought it was – crazy that these guys would go out there and fight each other bare you know bare knuckle and um it was just kind of brutal sport but um i'd say the, the first big fight that got me into mma was uh the force griffin seven bonner you know when that whenever that fight happened i was just like i was hooked and i was uh you know i went right away found that mma gym close to my area and um it was the only mma gym in my town and i started training jiu-jitsu right now away. your parents were pretty strict and they wouldn't allow you to watch it now, you being a part of the sport, now, if one of your children wanted to follow in your footsteps, would you support their decision? Man, I don't know, man. I got, I got four girls, so I, I, I hope that they don't choose the same path as me. Like, uh, my wife played volleyball in college, so I'm hoping that uh, that's what they go to. And so far, that's kind of what they've done. You know, they, they, come to, they come to the gym with me about three days a week, and they're with me quite a bit so that they – they know what I do. They know how I train and stuff. And they, they really enjoy, like, you know, watching me train. But, um, you know, I'm hoping that they don't choose that route because it's pretty pretty rough life, you know. So, um, especially for girls, man, it's, it's cutthroat with those girls, man. Um, so I'm hoping I'm hoping they stick with volleyball. But, it, you know, if they, they wanted to scrap a little bit, you know, I would – I would let them try it out. You know, I can't really say no because it definitely it's what's given me, you know, a lot of things that I have now. And, uh, you know, it's, it's opened up a lot of opportunity for me. So, um, yeah, you know, I couldn't say no for sure. Now, how did you get the nickname Leech? Uh, it was a wrestling nickname. Um, it was like one of the things where basically I would take people down and I would, um, you know, in college you have, you have a, it's called riding time and you take people down and if you hold them down, they start a timer. And basically, you know, once you get to, uh, you know, two to three minutes of riding time, you get points for that. So um, pretty much every match, I would always get riding time before I would pin someone or before I would, you know, win the match. And um, one day this heavyweight was, he was on the ground and no one could hold him down. And he was like, you know, he was freaking out, you know, being, being a little arrogant. You know, he was like calling everybody out, just jacking around. and. Uh, so I jumped on his back whenever he was down and he was trying to, you know, roll and throw me off and like do all this crazy stuff to get me off and he couldn't get me off. And then one of my buddies said, he's like, man, you're like a leech. And then ever since then, that's what, you know, people called me that in college. And um, it just kind of stuck with me whenever I started um, training for uh, MMA. You did just fight and win last week and now people are calling you out. Now, are you ready to get back into another camp? Are you ready to take another fight if the opportunity presented itself and it made sense? Yeah, hell yeah. You know, I'm ready to fight. Um, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm a big fan of um, quick turnarounds and, you know, getting it going as soon as possible because, you know, I just, I'm not going to do this forever. I'm not going to sit around and, you know, uh, and try to find these, like these awesome opportunities i'm just gonna take what's uh what's in front of me and you know i'm gonna do that as, as often as possible but i'm not gonna take a fight um against some nobody that doesn't have any you know right calling me out so i gotta look into this guy i don't know who he is he has a pretty good record i mean he's like 11 and 3 or something like that uh, a bunch of submissions i don't even know his name i can't remember his name and uh, but apparently he won a fight last night 
and then called me out because uh, I don't I don't even use Twitter. Like I I literally don't use Twitter like hardly at all. I used it when I was in the UFC for a little while, and I just kind of like I feel like it's like outdated. You know, it's like not the newest stream. So it's like whenever I go to use it, it's like very rare. I just got notifications that someone um, won their fight last night and they called me out and that was about the end of it. I didn't look into the guy, you know, or anything, but, uh, you know, I was kind of looking to fight the winner of uh, Kevin and, and Lee. They fought the same night I fought, but, um, you know, I feel like Kevin deserves to be in the UFC, so I can't believe that they haven't pulled him in yet. Um, so if, if he if he doesn't get pulled in um, soon, then I would like to fight for the title uh, against him just to kind of get a little bit of redemption. But um, besides that, you know, I don't really know this kid, so I'm ready to fight. I'll fight whoever they want me to fight, but you know, I'm ready, definitely. Yeah, I think I think the person who called you out might have been I think it's um uh maybe Jordan Griffin or Nate Gentleman from uh Duke Rufus's camp. If it, if he's from Rufus's camp, you know, I'm sure that he's a pretty solid dude, you know. Um yeah, I just honestly I I didn't even see I didn't see his name. Um whenever they said that, I didn't I I thought it was kind of funny, so I looked at my Twitter and I saw that someone uh tagged me and you know, or they like posted, you know, with my name in it. But uh I didn't. Um, I didn't read too much into it. You know, I'll be ready to go if, uh, if LFA gives me a call and they say, you know, they want me to fight these kids, then I'll fight. Them. You know, I don't care who I fight. I'm just ready to fight. Now, back uh, when you were in Bellator, you were two and zero. What prompted the move to Legacy when things appeared to be going well with you being two and zero over there? You know, I'm not a big fan of Bellator, and a lot of people ask me that. They're like, you know, why don't you, you know, go with Bellator? And um, the biggest reason um, that, like, you know, there's issues with me and Bellator is that whenever I was, uh, you know, I was brand new in MMA, you know, I don't even have, like, I mean, I've been, I've been training for about um, six months or so, and then I made my pro debut. And then after I made my pro debut, I fought every single month for, uh, for four months or something like that. Like four or five months, I had four fights. And um, whenever I came into Bellator, they, you know, they kind of took advantage of me because, you know, I had no clue about contracts. I didn't know, um, like, the process of, uh, you know, being, like, a new recruit or, you know, like a like a rookie in the MMA. I didn't really know what was going on. And I was doing all my management myself. And um, I, they sent me a contract, and they were like, hey, you know, uh, we'll pay you this amount. You know, we'd love to see you fight in your home t- or close to your hometown because I told them that I would sell a bunch of tickets because I just sold a lot of tickets in Missouri and I'm not even from there. And um, so I told them that I would sell a lot of tickets if, if they would give me on the card. And I didn't think they were going to, you know, call me or anything, but they ended up calling me and told me they wanted me on the card. And so uh, I told them that I would sell 200 tickets. And so, um, and I'm all in Missouri at the time. And I sold 180 tickets. Um, out of the 200 and it was on my contract that I would sell 200 but um, I sold 180 and then I had a couple people that were like waiting to get tickets last minute and so I didn't have the money for their tickets and they they took all the money out of my purse and um, they made me pay for the extra 20 tickets that I didn't sell so then my dad had to go resell the tickets just to make the money back and that's the only way that I made money during that fight and whenever they did that to me you know, it just really pissed me off because, like, you know, I didn't know what I was like. No other fighter um, there was selling tickets like I did, and um, it was really frustrating. They kind of took advantage of the fact that 
you know, like I didn't sell, you know, the, the full amount that I mean, I, I, I sold really close to what the, what, the, what I had, uh, what I told them that I probably could sell. Like I never fought in Oklahoma. I never fought in Texas at the time. That was my first fight in Oklahoma. I just knew that it was going to be a big draw uh, because it was close to my hometown. And, um, you know, whenever they, they, they made me pay for the 20 tickets that I didn't sell. And it was really frustrating because I was basically having to like sell the tickets from eight hours away. I was having to like call people and say, Hey, come to my fight. You know, I really need your support. And I was reaching out to everyone and people I didn't really know well um, that I just knew that were MMA fans in my hometown. And because uh, I wanted to make a big deal about it. And I thought I did really good to sell that many tickets from that far away. And whenever I got there, um, you know, they were just kind of brutal with the, the ticket sell thing. And it, um, you know, really just pissed me off. And then uh, a couple of uh, a couple of fights later, I came back and fought with them again. And um, it was at the time where uh, Michael Chandler and a few others, they had like some contract disputes with them because basically they were getting sucked into like a two-year clause where they were having to uh, stick with Bellator. There's no way for them to transfer and go to another promotion. And they had like that some two-year, um, basically like, you know, every fight you have, you re-sign a new contract. And it was a new two-year contract every time. And whenever I got the contract, I looked at it and I was like, oh, yeah, this is the amount they said. This is great. You know, I'm going to sign it and send it in. So I signed it and sent it in. And then they came back at me and go, hey, uh, we sent you the wrong contract. Let, let us resend you a new contract. This one was uh, dated for the wrong date. And I didn't even check it, which it wasn't dated wrong or anything, but I didn't even check it. I just uh, went to go resign the next one. And my, my um, this was like right when I made the move from Missouri to Texas and I started training with um, with Sayef Saab. And he was like, hey, let me check out the contract, make sure that, um, you know, it's good to go this time. And so I went on there and I got the contract pulled up. And he was like, don't sign this. You know, if you sign this, there's no chance of you getting in the UFC for another two years or, you know, maybe three years. And um, I was like, you know, I didn't even know what was going on at the time. So I didn't sign it. And, uh, you know, they threw a big fit about it. But, um, you know, at the time, I didn't know what was going on. You know, he really saved me a lot because, you know, I, I would have been stuck with them. And just what, the way they treated me the first time, there's no telling what would have happened, you know, with my career if I would have stuck around and, um, you know, and, you know, worked with them. Because, you know, the way, what they did to me the first time was just really, you know, just a bunch of BS. And I, I just didn't know how to how to handle it because I was doing everything on my own. And, um, you know, looking back at it, it was a really good learning experience. But at the same time, I don't want to go back to Bellator just because that one time they, you know, they screwed me over. Yeah, I can definitely see how that put a bad taste in your mouth. Out of everything is uh, the exact light guy, but he's not even there anymore. So, you know, the promotion has definitely done some really good things. They've uh, they've changed it up a lot of, you know, the way they – just everything they do, they've changed it up. And um, I'm sure that it would, wouldn't be that big of a deal to go back and, you know, fight for it now. You know, now that they've, uh, they're under Scott and all these guys, and um, I'm sure it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But at the same time, um, I got un, unfinished business in the UFC. You know, making it into the UFC was great. And, um, you know, getting there as quick as I did was awesome. But it was really frustrating to get there and not be ready and then to lose and uh, never get a big win in the UFC. And, you know, I just – I felt like I've learned so much um, from being there and being, you know, kicked out. It was kind of like a eye-opener for, you know, where I was at in my career. Because, you know, I, I made it into the UFC – 
and I'd only been training and fighting for uh, not even two years. I was less than two years. I made it in. And, um, you know, really frustrating to not get a win, but really also really frustrating, just, you know, not being ready for those opportunities when um, whenever they're right in front of your face like that. It's uh, really frustrating. You fought at both featherweight and lightweight. What changes do you make diet-wise in preparing for both divisions? Um, you know, I walk around big for featherweight. You know, I probably weigh about 170 on like a like a I would say average about 170, maybe 160, 65 somewhere in there in the in that. And um, whenever I make that move to featherweight, basically what I'll do is just diet. Um, or I change up my diet enough to where uh, basically I go from super high carbs whenever I'm just training and I don't have a fight. I just, you know, I can eat uh, high carb loads and I can eat um, quite a bit of fat and I can get away with that because I'm training so much and I really don't have to like, you know, watch my weight daily. That makes, you know, it makes me feel pretty good. But then when it comes to fight time, I have to, uh, I had to take out probably about a little less than half of my carbs and then I have to uh, add in you know my main source of you know food is protein like I use eggs and chicken is my you know those are my two protein sources I don't take any supplements or anything so I don't have to worry about that um, but you know I would say that the biggest thing is I change up my protein source from um, just all chicken and beef to uh, eggs and chicken that's the first thing and then I take out the carbs um, is like just a precaution you know I probably could have some more carbs but I definitely it makes it a lot easier to just cut the weight right off and uh, kind of suck it up because you do you do lose some energy whenever you do the whole um, low carb thing but um, I don't do I don't do no carbs ever like I always eat carbs I just don't eat as much whenever I'm making a cut back down to 45 but um, you know it, it's a pretty big pretty big cut but it's not like it, um, you know, I've um, I've done some questionable stuff in the past, but now it's like I've gotten it down to where it's like an art. Now I just freaking I smash it out. Like this weight cut was the easiest cut I think I've ever done, and you know I'm not using some you know like some new nutritionist or anything like that. You know I've been a personal trainer for the past um, 12 years, and um, I do all my own strength and conditioning. I do all my own nutrition, all my own meal prep. And, um, you know, it's just, I've gotten, I've gotten used to doing things, um, you know, and just switching it up whenever I feel the need. Yeah. Now, if you were given that rematch again to uh, Kevin Aguilar, what changes would you make this time around? Man, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, what happened and, um, you know, why I lost that fight because, you know, you can see there's a big difference on like with my grappling and his grappling. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of ways that he could be taken advantage of on the feet. And and also at the same time, the guy is, you know, he's got some solid power. Like he's got some really good power. But, you know, whenever I went into that fight, and I'm I'm not going to be the guy that sits here and uh, comes up with like, you know, a million different excuses. But my daughter, um, my youngest daughter was due the week after or the week before that fight. So whenever uh, I had the fight with uh, – um, I don't remember who it was. I think it was like uh, maybe Charles Sheeks or I had I had a fight with someone uh, like a month before or it was uh, either three weeks or a month before and I won the fight. Yeah, Charles Sheeks fight. Okay. 
So I won the fight, and then um, right when I was done, they were like, hey, um, you know, Kevin's guy got hurt or something like that. And I was like, I was like, no way, that's crazy, you know? And I just, like, whenever I, my fight was over, I just basically, like, kind of called him out. I was like, you know, I was like, Kevin, you know, what's up? You know, your back hurts still or, you know, something like that. And, um, you know, I was kind of just giving him shit. And I had no intentions on fighting. I didn't know that his opponent was hurt. Um, you know, it was really frustrating because I kind of put my foot in my mouth and I had to back it up. And I wasn't ready to fight because, you know, I had my daughter uh, was being born that same week. And, uh, you know, I actually had to go back and forth. And me and my wife had to, you know, really think about if I could even do it or not. Just because, you know, you never know um, if the baby's going to come at the right time or if it's going to be, like, you know, pushed back or if it's going to come early or if there's going to be problems or anything like that. So whenever I got that, um, they, they, they basically said that, hey, if you want to fight him, you know, the fight, it's all yours if you if you want to step up and, um, you know, basically fight for the title. And I was like, man, you know, that's really frustrating because, you know, I really don't want to fight right now. But, you know, I kind of put my foot in my mouth whenever I called him out. So I got to kind of back it up. You know, it's, you know, it's just part of MMA. Or, you know, if you say something, you better be, better be ready to scrap, you know. And, um, you know, I did call him out and put my foot in my mouth. And, you know, it's just something I had to deal with. And, I kind of had to just step it up and, and take the fight. You know, I wasn't ready to go. And, um, you know, more than anything, you know, it's that, that fight really has helped me um, evolve my game because after that fight, after that loss, I realized how um, how open I was in a lot of positions on the feet and how, um, you know, I was being taken advantage of in a lot of my fights, not just that fight. There's um, some really uh, tough shots that I took uh, – um, you know, in earlier fights where it could have easily put me down and I was just wasn't ready. You know, I was, I was thinking that I was training right and I thought I was doing good during my fights, but there's a lot of ways that I was really screwing up. And, uh, you know, just to see that and be exploited in front of all my fans, my family, um, you know, just to really have that just, you know, is that shock, you know, just like getting dropped and finished, you know, that was the most frustrating thing was getting, like just getting finished and in front of everyone that I knew in front of, you know, TV and stuff like that. It just, I was like, you know, I had to like, it was like a reality check. I had to be like, man, you know, like what the hell are you doing? You know, you're not training right. You're not doing something right because, you know, this shouldn't happen. Um, you know, I really felt like I was, I had a big advantage on him um, on the ground and, I couldn't even, you know, take him down after I got hit with the jab in the first round. I couldn't even take him down after that because I was so, uh, you know, I was so rocked from that jab. And, um, you know, I just, I knew that I had to really change some things up and um, start pushing it hard or I just needed to stop fighting because, um, you know, my my family comes first with me in any position. You know, it doesn't matter what, what's going on, like what fight it is or anything. You know, my family's coming first. So whenever I you know, took that loss, you know, I was like, I had to really sit back. It took me like, you know, a couple of hours to really come up with a decision that I wanted to keep fighting. But, you know, whenever I took that loss, I, I had to like sit down and like make sure that I was doing things right. And I was really motivated to continue to train the right way and to continue to fight the right way. Um, because that, I feel like, you know, if you're, if you if you're not training right, man, you're wasting your time and you are putting yourself in a really dangerous position to get hurt. Um, if your mind's not right, if you're not training right, if you don't have, uh, like, you know, a good home life, you know, you're going to get yourself in trouble. 
if you're fighting for the wrong reasons. So you got to make sure that your motivation is on point 24-7. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Now, there are very few fighters holding a 93% finishing rate like yourself. Who would your dream fight be against to see if you could finish them? Um, you know, dude, I would love Jeremy Stevens. Uh, that would be – it would just be awesome. I had this opportunity a couple of years ago when I was in the UFC where Jeremy Stevens, uh, one of his opponents, uh, backed out and got hurt. And then my manager was like, hey, you know, he calls me and my coach. He's like, hey, you know, this fight could happen if we want it. And um, I was like, yeah, you know, let's do it. And my coach was like, no, you're freaking crazy. You know, there's no way we're taking that fight because I had already, I'd already had one loss. Um, one loss in the UFC, and uh, basically it was you know it's obviously not the best matchup for anyone to take against him. It is nuts, but um, I just feel like he he's got he's had my respect for a long time. And I would love to fight some big fights like that where um, it just kind of looks like the odds aren't in my favor, and I would like to take the fight um, just to kind of scrap with one of those guys that you know he's been around for so long. He's had so many damn fights that. Um, you know, he, he, he has everyone's respect um, in the, you know, small community of MMA. You know, he's definitely, he's done a lot, man. He's a, he's a scrappy dude. And I, I, I like to watch him fight. One last question for you. If you were to capture the featherweight title, would you plan on defending it or going for the lightweight title? Uh, I would definitely go lightweight. You know, I'm not about, um, you know, my legacy. I feel like uh, I've done a lot of good things. I've done some cool stuff and I've gotten to, you know, fight around the world. I've gotten to um, train with some real cool, real cool people. And, um, you know, I've done a lot of good things, but I feel like being a two division champ is just one of those things that's kind of like a bucket list kind of thing where you don't get the opportunity a lot. And I feel like, you know, I could easily go back and forth um, from lightweight to featherweight and be a true contender at both weight classes for a long time. So, you know, if I don't get um, get an opportunity to get back in the UFC, I would love to go um, back and forth from lightweight to featherweight. And, you know, and I've fought enough to where I could defend both of them and, you know, and keep up with it. You know, I just, I want to be healthy, uh, you know, when I'm going into my fights. But, you know, I've taken so many fights where uh, I've had, like, you know, broken toes or fingers or, um, you know, my knees been kind of tweaked or something like that. And so, like, you'll see a lot of these guys that get, you know, get a belt and they don't want to fight for, um, you know, a couple of years or, like, you know, they want to drag it out as long as possible because they don't want to lose it. That's not me at all. You know, I want to compete. I want to fight because I'm not going to do this forever. Now, how can fans stay up to date with you on social media? Uh, it's pretty my, – my stuff's on there. It's uh, just Damon DeLeach, um on Instagram and Twitter. And then on uh, Facebook, it's Damon Jackson MMA. And uh, I, I do most of my stuff on Instagram. Um, it's a little faster for me. I, I don't like to – I don't really get on and read anything that people post. I don't really care what other people post. So I just put my stuff on there. So I just put it on Instagram. Um, and I don't really keep up with everything else. But I, I try to, but it's just – it's too much, man. Um, but, yeah. So I'd say uh, Damon Leach on those two and uh, Damon Jackson and MMA. All right. Well, I appreciate you being on the show today, and best of luck for your pursuit at either getting the title or getting into the UFC. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. All right. And that'll wrap up today's episode of Early Stoppage with Damon Leach Jackson. Until next time, peace.